0: Welcome to the Faith and More Podcast. This is a safe place for everyone. No matter what your faith is or isn't. Reverend Angelis Wise is our host. He firmly believes that the Divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we explore the lives of these amazing beings, We will also explore topics that can help you faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So be sure to follow and subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Hello, and
1: welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are well and blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, thanks so much for finding us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything that you're looking for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast, here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for being a long-time listener. This show is only here because of you. I am so very, very excited to share today's um, person with you. And and yes, this is a saint. We haven't done a saint in a little bit. So this is St. Margaret of Castello, C-A-S-T-E-L-L-O. And St. Margaret is a very new saint. Uh, She had been blessed for a very long time. And I actually have three articles here that I'm going to share with you all today on Saint Margaret. Her story is so, it really tugs at your heart. It really does because the things that she experienced, I mean all of the saints as we know have their trials and tribulations and, 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 and things that they go through and things that they suffer through. But Saint Margaret, um, it actually goes to another level with her really. And we're all going to find about out about that today. I don't know if you've all heard of Saint Margaret of Costello before, but if not, today's your lucky day. So the first article that we're going to go by is by Meg Hunter Kilmer. Uh, Meg is an amazing writer. She does so much work and, and, and is such an amazing author on incredible stories about saints. She's got several books out including a children's book to help them uh, become um, associated with the saints and learn about the saints. So I highly recommend all of uh, Meg's amazing stuff. Um, And this article that she wrote was published on April 13th of 2017. This was before um, Margaret, uh, St. Margaret became a saint, was blessed at the time. It's called The Saint Who Was Abandoned by Her Own parents so saint margaret of castello was born in 1287 and she passed away in 1320 uh, she should have never been born at least that's what her noble parents thought when they look when excuse me when they took their first look at their handicapped child as she grew it only got worse the child was in the parlance of the day a blind lamed hunchback dwarf And her parents were horrified to think that a couple as wealthy and as beautiful as they should produce such an undesirable child. Ashamed, they hid Margaret away. And unfortunately, back in those days and up until really recently, that was an unfortunate norm amongst high society that if they had a child with any kind of deformities um, or handicaps, needed assistance in any way, they hit him away and they put a servant in charge of them if the person was lucky um, and just hit him away from everybody and everything. We see so much of that in history and it's just horrible and tragic. For the first six years of her life, they kept her below stairs, concealing her among the many servants in their castle so that they didn't have to acknowledge her as their own by the time margaret was six even the concession this concession excuse me was too much for her self-absorbed parents off margaret went to a hermit's cell walled into a tiny room built on to a chapel her parents intended that she stay there until she died the pitying villagers hearing of her neglect and abuse were outraged by the parents behavior but reached the same conclusion, it would be better if the child had never been born. But Margaret disagreed. In her years with the servants, she was a delight. It was clear that she had no idea that she was different from other children. Even when her parents hurled abuse at her and walled her in a tiny prison, Margaret was grateful to be so close to the Blessed Sacrament and unmoved by their cruel words. For nine years Margaret remained in her cell, her interior life growing and deepening as her parents' malice continued to have no effect. After nine years of contemplative life visited almost exclusively by a kind priest who instructed the remarkably intelligent girl in theology and spirituality. Margaret's life took a turn for the worse. Worried that she would be discovered and their perfect image as beautiful people shattered, her parents moved her to another cell, this one far from a church and with no access to sacraments. This deprivation was much harder for Margaret than the scant rations and the insistence that she maintain silence lest she call attention to herself. Finally, though, there was hope. Margaret's parents had heard of miracles being performed at a shrine some hours away and decided to take her there. Ideally, they were hoping that Margaret would be cured, but two such people were incapable of any true faith in the healing power of God. They took Margaret on the difficult journey, heavily veiled, and brought her kneeling to the shrine. There they left her to her prayers. Margaret prayed asking for healing, but only if it was God's will. Looking in several hours later, her parents saw that their daughter's back was still crooked, her form still mishappened, and so they left her to her fate, abandoning their blind child, who had never been in a public place before without even telling her they were leaving. Margaret prayed until the church was locked, and slept in the doorway the next morning the town guards told her that her parents had left awful as they were margaret loved them and refused to blame them for disposing of her as an unwanted burden though she was heartbroken she forgave them harboring no bitterness and proceeded to a life that far outshone anything her parents could have ever boast of Wow. I have to just pause right there. That is so extremely deep, moving and touching. How many of us go through trials and tribulations every day? Everybody does. Raise your hand. I mean, everybody from the smallest to the greatest. I mean, how many of us have been abused? I mean, that happens to us as well. How many of us have forgiven those who have done us harm? Probably very few. And look at all that happened to poor Margaret. And not once did she harbor any ill will against her parents. I mean, they literally left her in a public area where she had never been before. Didn't even tell her they were leaving. They just walked away. Just abandoned her. And infinite blessings. Wow, what, what a beautiful, amazing being Margaret is. When she was first abandoned, Margaret became a beggar, adopted by the homeless community in Citta di Castello, and sleeping outside as they did. Yet she was a beacon of joy to all who met her, glorifying in the goodness of God when most of us would see only how he failed to provide. Her joy and kindness so impressed the townspeople That rumor of her sanctity eventually reached an order of nuns who invited her to join. Unfortunately, they felt Margaret's holiness as a rebuke of their lax lives and ridiculed her nearly as badly as her parents had. Eventually they kicked her out and spread rumors about her to the scandalized townspeople. Now keep in mind folks um, those of you who are longtime listeners will be familiar with this. Um, You might be shocked and amazed that nuns would do this well back in those days um, as we found out through other Saints um, that like Saint Teresa of Avila who created so much reform to prevent and stop things like this that nuns in these days and ages a lot of times were just people and habits. They weren't anything to do with God. If anything, they used their um, their monasteries and abbeys as you know uh, socializing, gathering places. Um, again, as we've seen from the story of Saint Teresa of Avila, if you haven't heard that show, go back and check it out. That was in last season, season three. Very good show. But this is to show you that you know what stuff like what Saint Teresa of Avila did and St. John of the Cross, bringing in the reforms to the monasteries was in such dire need. But again, here we have poor Margaret thinks that she's being taken in with nuns and is going to be living a holy life. And she starts living that. But she is too ascetic and too godly for them. And so they kicked her out and spread rumors about her. So soon thereafter, Margaret became a third order Dominican living in the homes of generous neighbors who certainly felt themselves lucky to host such a one. For the rest of her life, Margaret was an active contemplative, which is a mystic. She served the sick and the dying, visited the imprisoned, worked many miracles in life and death, and frequently levitated when at prayer. And then we'll get more into this here in some of the other articles. When Margaret died, thousands of people came to her funeral praising her goodness and love and above all her refusal to be bitter in the face of terrible affliction. This unwanted child who ought never to have been born had become a great saint of God bringing consolation to weary hearts and glory to God's name. On April 13th, the Feast of St. Margaret of Castello. Let's pray for a greater respect for the value of all life, particularly the lives of the handicapped. Let's pray also for the conversion of abusive parents and healing for unwanted children. Blessed Margaret of Castello, pray for us. Okay, so the next article is titled Meet Saint Margaret of Castello, the Pope's Unexpected Canonization. And this article is from the Pillar from April 26, 2021. So we'll be coming up on two years this April uh, for her canonization. It says Pope Francis on Saturday declared Margaret of Castello a saint in a somewhat rare move called an equipollent canonization. Margaret of Castello was an Italian woman in the 13th and 14th centuries and a member of the Dominican Third Order. Her life was extraordinary. She was born blind, with a curvature of the spine so severe it was almost impossible to walk, and with the condition now called dwarfism. Her parents were minor nobles, overly concerned with social status, and they treated Margaret terribly. They were ashamed of her and told people she had died in childbirth. When Margaret was six, her parents got worried that people would find out about her, so they imprisoned her in a room off the family chapel. They sealed the room's door after she was placed inside. They planned to keep her there for life. Food was passed through to her on a tray. Only a priest was allowed to visit through a window to catechize her and bring her the Eucharist. At some point, the family had to move, but when they got to their new house, Margaret's parents locked her in a small cell again, They didn't want anyone to see her or know about her. Under those circumstances, Margaret developed a remarkably strong faith. When she was 15, her parents took her to a church in the town of Costello, where people were experiencing miracles. Her mother thought she might be cured, but when Margaret wasn't cured, her parents abandoned her there and went home. Local people took care of her, She slept in the doorways or in the streets, and local beggars taught her to beg. Families gave her shelter from bad weather. Eventually, she moved into a local convent, and there she grew more fervent in faith. She came to know some nearby Dominican friars, and she became a third-order Dominican. She loved being a Dominican, and as many third-order Dominicans did at that time, she wore her habit daily. Margaret loved the people of Costello, who received her when no one else had. After she became a Dominican, she resolved to spend her life serving them. She opened a kind of school in town to catechize children. She visited local prisoners and brought at least some who had abandoned the faith to repentance and confession. She took care of the sick and dying people. She was present and prayerful among the people of Castello and the entire city grew to love her. When she died in 1320 at the age of 33, the people of Castello demanded she be buried inside the church an honor reserved mostly for nobles and priests. The entire town attended her funeral and a young girl unable to walk was said to be cured during the mass. She was declared a blessed by the church in 1609, her feast day is April 13th. The Equipollent Canonization. On Saturday, Pope Francis made Margaret a saint by Equipollent Canonization. The act means the Pope decided to forego the usual judicial processes, formal attribution of miracles, and scientific examinations that involved in the canonization of a saint. Instead, saying that Margaret's life exemplifies heroic virtue, he formally confirmed the devotion to Margaret that already exists and added her feast to the Church's universal calendar. Margaret is the sixth saint Pope Francis has declared by equipollent canonization. The others include mystics, missionaries, theologians, and Francois de Laval, the first bishop of Quebec. The list of saints canonized by equivalent canonization includes Cyril and Methodius, Albert the Great, Thomas More, Doctor of the Church, Hildegard of Bingham, and English monk Saint Bede the Venerable. Saint Bede became known shortly after he died as Bede the Venerable because he was recognizably holy. He still referred to that way, which is a little bit confusing because Venerable is also a title bestowed on the path of sainthood. Still, he's a saint, a venerable one. So if you all didn't catch that, um, St. Margaret leapfrogged over the whole process that the saints have to go through as far as miracles have to be confirmed and all of these things and boxes checked and people interviewed and you have to have at least two miracles confirmed. All of this was bypassed by the Pope who declared her on that spot at that time a saint. And I mean, to me, that's amazing and beautiful. I just only wish it could happen for more people in that same way, because there are so many people, and some of them we've talked about here on the show um, over the past seasons that deserve to be saints, but aren't and probably never will be. Well, hey. Beggars can't be choosers, and we accept a win-win when we can, right? (laughs) So it goes on here. The article goes on to talk about what is a saint anyway. And for those of you who are new, I'll just go ahead and and read this. Those of you who are long-time listeners should know uh, what a saint is by now. But if not, hey, this is a refresher for you. So the Catechism of the Catholic Church explains that a canonized saint practiced heroic virtue and lived in fidelity to God's grace. By canonization, the church recognizes the power of the spirit of holiness within her and sustains the hope of believers by proposing the saints to them as models of intercessors. The saints do not cease to intercede with the Father for us, the Catechism explains, and patron of, she's also, excuse me, the patron of the disabled Saint Margaret of Costello is regarded as patron saint of the disabled. Groups like National Catholic Partnership on Disability have praised her canonization and asked the intercession of the church's newest saint. Okay, and the last article uh, states that Margaret of Castello, also called Margaret of matolasi See, we're getting more information with each article. Was born in the year 1287 to a noble family of Parisio and his wife, Amelia, in Matolasi. we didn't get that information before. Her parents were expecting to have a healthy son born to them, but the child born to them was a deformed girl. She was unusually small, hunchbacked, facially deformed, Her right leg was shorter than her left leg, and she was blind. Margaret's parents received her with contempt into their lives. They kept the child hidden from friends and relatives. When she was six years old, her father walled her up in a cell next to the chapel, hidden in the forest. Her years of confinement in the forest left her enough time to converse with God, and the priest in the chapel next to her walled cell became her tutor. He gave her lessons in faith. After 14 years in confinement, her parents took her to a shrine in di Castello, hoping for a miraculous cure. However, the prayers were unanswered, and they cruelly abandoned her in the city and left for their home. She was left to roam the streets and beg for a living, but God's grace was in abundance on this special instrument of his the true purpose of her life was soon to unfold. She became a member of the Third Order of Penance of St. Dominic. The day she joined the order, she was miraculously knew all the 150 psalms and confessed that they just came to her. She once made a profound influence on a group of prisoners when she was elevated some 20 inches off the ground in an ecstatic prayer And her poor face was transformed in beauty. This was just the beginning of her mystical life. See, this is information we didn't get from the other two articles. And I'm so happy and blessed that these, you know, articles were presented to us. Because this is amazing that, you know, here she is, you know, with the Dominicans. And instantly, as soon as she joins them, she instantly knows all one hundred and fifty psalms by heart and says that, hey, these just <laughs> these just came to me. And as we saw in one of the other articles that she was known to elevate or levitate when she prayed. So, you know, here it says specifically she elevated 20 inches when she was with a group of prisoners praying for them. Amazing. Um, amazing. Amazing. She is credited to have brought a dead man and two dead children back to life. A little boy fell into the river and was drowned. When the body was recovered, the heartbroken mother prayed to Margaret and her child came back to life. Another child fell from a high balcony to the street below and was killed. Through Margaret's intercession, he was brought back to life. In another instance, a man was killed by bears His family brought his horribly mangled body to Margaret and implored her to plead to God for restoring his life. Miraculously, the man came back to life. These are only a few among the astounding long list of miracles attributed to her during her holy life on earth. There is a book about um, St. Margaret. I'll have a link to that on Amazon. Uh, in the show notes and descriptions. No, I don't have it yet. It is, yes, it's on my thrift books list (laughs) and it is on the Amazon list. Uh, So I do plan on getting it sometime. She's just, wow, so inspiring and encouraging and uplifting. Because I mean, how often do we get down on ourselves for garbage that we go through and for garbage that people put us through? That's nothing. It fails in comparison to what St. Margaret not only went through physically, but also how people treated her, especially her parents. When she died at the age of 33 on April thirteenth, 1320, her followers insisted she was a saint and should be buried in the church, but the priests felt it was premature to decide on her sainthood. As they were discussing this, a girl, crippled, mute, and with a curvature of the spine, who had never been able to walk since birth, was brought by her parents to the church. As the church authorities and the public were engaged in the funeral discussion, this family prayed fervently to Margaret to heal their child. Suddenly, the crowd there saw the left arm of Margaret rising from her side. Now, Margaret's passed at this point. Her arm. Raised from its side, the arm reached over and touched the young crippled girl beside her. At that moment, the very moment, the girl rose to her feet, unaided and screamed, I have been cured through Margaret. She had never spoken or walked since birth, and there was great pandemonium in the church with people's shouts of joy. The church authorities needed no further proof of her holiness and her body was buried in the church vault. From that day on, there were hundreds of miracles that were attributed to the intercession of Margaret. Isn't that something? That's just to me, that's like beyond truly amazing to have been a fly on the wall in that church. When they, this family brings a girl in that has almost the same identical issues and birth defects that St. Margaret had. And here they're kneeling next to St. Margaret's casket at her funeral while priests are debating amongst each other whether or not she should be buried in the church. And St. Re- Margaret reaches over and touches this girl and heals her instantly. The girl had never, like I said, had never walked or talked and instantly stood up and screamed. (laughs) St. Margaret healed her. Now, we've all been to funerals before, right? Okay, how would any of you feel if you're at a funeral and you're kneeling next to the person in the casket, and you're praying to them for their intercession, and they reach over and touch you. Now I've got heart failure, so I know straight up I'd have a heart attack and probably die right there. And and poor St. Margaret would have to not only heal me once, but bring me back from the dead as well. But holy moly, could you only imagine And Of course, you know, the priests are right there and like, well that answers that. <laughs> wow. just Oh, that's just so mind-blowing. In the 16th century, her body was exhumed because she was buried under the church, as most people were back in those days. Although her coffin and clothes had all rotted away, her body was intact, as though she had just died. On examining her body, it was discovered that she was a dwarf and had all the deformities that were often spoke about her. The physicians who examined the body confirmed that no chemicals were used to preserve her. Her heart was examined and found to be perfectly preserved. When an incision was made in the heart, there rolled out three little pearl-like pellets. One bore an image of a baby in a manger, surrounded by animals. One showed a woman wearing a crown, and the third had two pictures an old man before whom knelt a girl in a Dominican habit and a dove. This strange discovery can be related to her deep devotion to the incarnation and birth of our Lord, about which she often would exclaim, Oh, if you only knew what I carry in my heart, you would marvel. She literally carried her objects of love in her heart. She was beatified on October 19, 1609, by Pope Paul V. Many miracles continue to be reported with her intercession. Today, almost, after almost 700 years since her death, her incorrupt body, clothed in the Dominican habit, lies under the high altar of the Church of St. Domenico at Città di Castello, Italy. The arms of the body are still flexible, the eyelashes are present, and the nails are in place on the hands and feet. This life that appeared abominable to her parents and worthy of being abandoned was so loved by God both during her life on earth and now in heaven where she continues to be an instrument of showing God's love to his children on earth and gently reminding us to love all of God's creation because every creation of his has a purpose. Absolutely amen to that. Wow. And yeah, you know, we've we've talked about uh saints previously on shows that are incorrupt and Saint Margaret is also one of the incorrupt. Um and you can just google her on um Google. <laughs> you could just Google her all Google and you'll see pictures of her uh laying in state incorrupt uh, and, and yes her face is a little deformed it looks like they've maybe tried to put some kind of wax or something over her face like they normally do uh, uh but other than that she's she's all intact and you know you can see her and it's just wow what what an amazing truly amazing being and I'm not just saying saint but I mean, again, she was an everyday person that did so many things. And I mean, and she never was a nun. You know, she was of the Dominican order. um, But she, you know, she took those commitments, but was never a nun. But look at what she did in her life and the people she healed and the miracles that are still happening because of people praying to her for their intercession. And that amazing again, that story of that girl getting healed at her funeral was just Wow, I'm still blown away and and tripping on that. That's amazing. And speaking of uh, EWTN, which is a Catholic network, has a movie out that came out in 2021 called St. Margaret of Costello, Seeing Through God's Eyes. It's on uh, DVD format. And it's $15 on the EWTN website. And yeah, I'll definitely have a link to that in the show notes in description for anyone that's interested in that. I do have to say though that it's only an hour long. No, I have not seen it yet, would love to see it, but I just don't have the 15 pesos right now. Uh, but yeah, um, if you all do see it or have seen it, let me know, email me, my email information, contact information at the end of the show and every show. Let me know what you thought of it. Let me know what you thought of the movie about St. Margaret. I would be so uh, overjoyed to hear. And let me know if they included the part of her at the funeral healing that girl. That would be just amazing. to st- I mean, even if it's Hollywood stuff, it would still be just amazing to see. And, and man, it just gives me goops, goose goop, goop. What's a goop bump? <laughs> a goose bumps. Just thinking about that. That is just so... Beautiful and just beyond amazing. Infinite blessings, infinite blessings to St. Margaret of Costello. This week's prayer request and updates are as follows. Uh, We do have an update on Ray. Um, Ray has lung cancer. Um, It was inoperable at one time or untreatable. Uh, He was going through radiation treatment and was supposed to have received his last radiation treatment this past Monday. However, uh, he became very disoriented at home and fell and had to be taken to the hospital where he continued to be very disoriented. He had to be airlifted from that hospital to another hospital further south where he currently remains. Um, They're doing their best to treat him, but they've given the prognosis that if he does stabilize, since he missed the last radiation treatment, they will need to redo the radiation treatment before they can start chemo. Um, we've received reports from his wife and children that um, the, the radiation didn't help him. It actually caused the tumors to grow. And um, it's just not, it's not looking good for Ray. So let's please, please, please keep uh, Ray in our heart, thoughts and prayers, as well as his wife, Stephanie and children, Raymond, Kevin, Brandy, Sarah, Kate, Chelsea, and his several grandchildren. Uh, We also need prayers for Bob, who just did his last round of chemo this past week, at least. We pray with all our heart and minds that this is the last of the chemo Bob will need to receive. It is, was his sixth round. He got to ring the bell as he went home. Um, he's very weak, uh, which is understandable considering everything he's gone through. But let us definitely pray with all we can that um, Bob's cancer goes into complete remission and stays that way. Uh, general health and well-being prayers for Elaine, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Rachel, Mike S., Kathy, Michael T., Father Mike Cantor, Eddie Cantor, Emma, Father Seamus, his mother Anne and brothers, Doug, Tracy, Salma, Sister Mercy Augustine of India, Cheryl, Risa from the Philippines. Also, please keep uh, my brother-in-law, Ron, and my sister, Tanya, and continue to keep them in your heart, thoughts, and prayers, as Ron uh, will be losing his job effective January the 1st. Uh, He's gone on several uh, interviews, but has not had any luck yet on getting another job. Uh, mainly due to his age. They're not looking at experience, they're just looking at age. So let us please keep all of these beautiful beings in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. And if you are in need of prayers, do not hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is at the end of this show and every show. And I do apologize, folks, if my voice is a little... On the raspy and weak side, I am uh, working through the flu, uh, as is my wife, Haven, and Suntown. We all <laughs> pretty much got it at the same time. Well, Haven beat us to it by a day, but we, we got it quickly after she did. So anyway, please excuse uh, uh, the sound of my voice. It will get better. Uh, so I could think of no better prayer to close with and blessing today than to uh, from a prayer from the novena of uh, Saint Margaret of Castello, and this is from the third day. And of course, I will have a link to her novena in these show notes and description. So let us pray in nomine divi filii spiritus sancti. O Saint Margaret of Castello, your love for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament was intense and enduring. It was here in intimacy with the divine presence that you found the spiritual strength to accept sufferings, to be cheerful, patient, and kindly towards others. Obtain for us the grace that we may draw from this same source as from an inexhaustible font, the strength whereby we may be kind and understanding of everyone despite whatever pain or discomfort may come our way. Obtain for us also the special favor, which we now ask through your intercession with God. And this is where you would insert insert your intention here, and we'll give a moment. O God, by whose blessed virgin Margaret was blind from birth, that the eyes of her mind being inwardly enlightened, she might think without ceasing on you alone. Be the light of our eyes. We may be able to flee the shadows of this world and reach the home of never-ending light. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And real quick before we go, folks, I want to remind everyone about our YouTube channel. We now have a YouTube channel, or I said we've had a YouTube channel for about a month now. Uh, feel free to check it out. It's at YouTube.com at, the at, or Amber Sand symbol, Faith and More Podcast. It doesn't get any simpler than that. YouTube.com at Faith and More Podcast. And I've got all kinds of things on there. Every week or so, I'm doing an Ask Angel segment. So you get to see me. You see video of me uh, replying to questions. And I love replying to questions. So if you have a question that you would like for me to answer on our YouTube channel, please feel free to contact me. Uh, My information, contact information at the end of every show, and it's coming up here in just a moment. Also, Father Mike's got me practicing my homily. So every other week I am to do a homily uh, for that Sunday. And I'm actually uploading those homilies to uh, YouTube for all of you to watch. Um, Also, um, the show that you're listening to right now is also uploaded on YouTube. It's just audio only. uh, But it's another way, another format to listen to the show. So be sure to check it out. It's an awesome way for all of us to connect more and for all of you to get to know me a little bit better. Again, that's youtube.com at Faith and More Podcast.
0: We so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and have found everything that you are searching for in a podcast and more here with us. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes. Angel is always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings, past and present, in your country, society, and culture that we do not know about. But we should. Please. Contact Angel and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. We love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So, let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email angel directly at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website at faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com. Slash. My. Dash. Site. There is a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. So until next time. Have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in angels' heart and prayers. Bless you.